Father, we bless your name. We give you glory. We give you praise. We celebrate your presence in every place where people are joining this service. Holy Spirit, we ask at this time that you move over every life. Touch every life. Touch every family. Release your grace over every life at this time. We ask that you bless the preaching and the teaching of your word today. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Let your name and your name alone be glorified with everything that we say and do. We celebrate your presence today. Thank you, everlasting Father. Heal, set free, deliver. Let everyone enjoy a touch of your spirit today in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says a believing amen. Come on, whatever you have, you can put your hands together, celebrate Jesus for his presence, celebrate Jesus for his grace, celebrate Jesus for his goodness over you and your household. I want to welcome you very specially uh, to this powerful, powerful service. It's a time of grace, a time of impartation. And I trust that God, who has started a good work in your life, he will perfect it in the name of the Lord Jesus. As we've come to the end of the month of August, I want to trust God with you that everything that God has started, God will perfect it, that His grace will continue to flow over your life in a, in, in a new dimension, that as we step into the month of September, that every plan that God has for your life this year will start to manifest like never before in the name of Jesus. I also want to trust God with you today that every form of distraction will be taken away from you in the name of Jesus, that, that the end of this year uh, will, will be better than the beginning for you. It will be better than what happened mid-year. Can I get a good amen to that? And uh, God will crown uh, even the last quarter or the, 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 the last four months of this year with His goodness, with His mercy, and with His grace for you in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Now, for everyone joining uh, this service today, I want you to understand this, this, this from next Sunday, we're going to be starting our uh, in-person gathering. Uh, I'm going to say a bit more about it at the end of the service. Uh, for us, it's still experimental. We want to see how it will work out, and uh, we will uh, be able to continue when we see the value that it portends and how it's working out. Now, I know that a bulk of us will choose to remain at home this season. And for many people also joining us from all around the world, from different countries, uh, uh, from Elevate Community Church, uh, you know, uh, our campus in Canada, uh, LifePoint Church, different uh, expressions of the Elevation Church and online church, people from all around Nigeria, Africa, all over Europe, North America, wherever you're joining us from. If at this time you are not going into any in-person gathering, then I have these four suggestions for you as per new habit that I want to recommend that you continue to build as we go into this season. One is that you establish a Sunday morning routine. A Sunday morning routine. Right in my, in my own household, we have a Sunday morning routine of coming together as a family. We, we, we come together to join the 9 a.m. service of the Elevation Church. Uh, so that, that's been a, a Sunday morning routine for a while now as, uh, as a household. I want you to have a personal Sunday morning routine to know that I wake up at this time, I freshen up, and I join this service. And if anything is disrupting that, you quickly get back to it as soon as possible. Maybe you have a, a, a special weekend or something. Make sure you, have a, uh, you establish a Sunday morning routine. Secondly, is that you establish a small group routine. This is a time uh, that we need connection, not uh, not, not isolation. This is a time that you need to do life with people. And as a church, we have established a small group system which is running very well. We have thousands of people who engage in small groups with us every Sunday, every weekend. We have people who engage in small group with us every weekend. And I want you to make sure that you are part of that small group system. Um, in our uh, uh, on our online platforms, we have lots of small groups that you can join. So I, I need you to understand that even for our online church, we have, you know, multiple small groups 
of people who are outside of our own clime, outside of Africa, outside of Nigeria, and they're able to still join us in small group. Make sure you establish yourself in small group. Number three is that I want you to make sure that you keep your kids connected. Please make sure you keep your kids connected. I've interacted with one or two people asking, oh, how are your kids doing? I hope they join, you know, the kids' church and all that. And a lot of the time, what I get is more like most people are not taking, uh, you know, as painstaking as they should be to make sure that these kids are not being disconnected from God or God is not disconnected from their mind. They are focused on worshiping God. They are focused on uh, uh, learning more about God and engaging the online platform. All around the world, kids are not going to church yet. And even when they start to go to church, what God is trying to do at this time is that you and I will become the number one pastors of our children. God has given us the opportunity to model the Christian life to them and to help them to engage the platforms that are available for that purpose. And I need you to take responsibility for that. Lastly, I, I want you uh, to pray. Pray for your church and pray for the leadership. That's the, 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 the number four thing that I want you to add uh, to the routines that you should establish at this time. The habit that you should establish at this time. Make sure that on a weekly basis, you create time to pray for the church. Pray for our church, the Elevation Church. Pray for the body of Christ because we're going through a phase. And then pray for the leadership that will continue to make the right decisions that will be in the best interest of the kingdom of God, will align with God's agenda for this time, and it will not be what pleases us. Uh, and also spend time to pray for other people in intercession. These are the four things that I wanted to pay attention to at this time and make sure uh, you set them up as a routine for you to live with. Today, I'm speaking on what I've titled Living Ready, Keeping Eternity in View. We've been on a teaching series that we've tagged Extreme Makeover. And with Extreme Makeover, we've talked about the fact that God wants to send us. Uh, God is demanding radical availability. Uh, we've talked about God sending us to our peers, which are titled Class of 2020, Send Me to My Peers. We've also talked about God sending us to our community. And uh, uh, my wife preached a powerful message last week also uh, on the same subject of God, you know, uh, uh, using us, which was titled, Don't Leave Me. And I want you to understand that as much as God wants to use us this time, we have to make ourselves available. And there's one thing that helps us in our journey of availability, and that is that we're able to live ready. As I wrap up this series today, I'm prepared to get into another series, uh, which is on uh, living and loving with, on relationships. Where our annual, uh, what we, we, we call the Better Half series, is starting from next week. Uh, but this time around, uh, we're, we're, we're focusing on living and loving, and we will, we'll try to make it to encompass both married and single. And that, that is themed spies. I'm sure you've seen the advert. Now, as we wrap up this series today, I'm speaking on living ready, living a life of expectancy, living like a pregnant woman who is expecting at a certain point in time uh, he, he, uh, she would deliver. And so everything around her is tailored towards being ready for a new experience. One of the ways that we live ready uh, uh, for God we live, I mean, we live a life of availability is to keep eternity in view, to keep eternity in view. Many people are living here as if, you know, nothing is ahead, nothing is going to change, nothing is different. This, this, uh, a couple of, of, of weeks now, I saw uh, there was an announcement, I don't know whether it was fake or not, that schools, uh, institutions are going to resume in Nigeria, and it was trending on Twitter about school opening. Apparently, I think it was, it was not true, but many of the kids were expressing, or many of the, the tertiary institution students were expressing their lack of readiness. And there were so many pictures being posted about, oh, this is me when I go to class. This is me uh, when uh, the lecturer says we have a test in, in a week after I, we, 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 after I go back to school because uh, for the past five months, I've not been doing anything. Many people behave like that a lot of the time. And this time, where we've suffered a lockdown, where we're still in COVID most of, uh, in most of the world, uh, even people who are in post-COVID, they're still trying to adjust their lives. And many people have lost track of how to live ready. 
Live ready to be used of God. Live ready by keeping eternity in view. Now, there are two exits to eternity for a Christian. One is death, and the second one is the rapture. For every Christian, everyone who is living a surrendered life in Christ Jesus, who is a disciple of Christ, there are two exits to eternity. One is death, which is common to all of us, and two is the rapture. And when it comes to, uh, to, to, to death, it's an appointment. Job 7 and verse 1, the Bible says, Is there not an appointed time to, ma uh, to man upon the earth? And, and not his days also like the days of, of uh, a hireling, hired man looking forward to his payday. And as it is appointed, uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, and it is appointed for man to die once. But after that, after this, is judgment. That's Hebrews 9 and verse 27. I'm just trying to establish something. One thing is common to everyone, born of a woman, is that our days are numbered. We trust God for a ripe old age, for us to live long. The Bible says with long life will satisfy us and show us his salvation. But nobody is going to live forever. And it means that notwithstanding how long we live, it's a fraction of the time we're going to spend in eternity. So we, we cannot jeopardize that eternity with a fraction that we're spending here. If we spend 100 years, 120 years, 150 years here, it's still a fraction of the time we're going to spend in eternity. So we must take care of how we live right now, living in high expectation uh, of eternity, living with eternity in view, and continually being ready uh, to be able to, uh, you know, face what is ahead of us, which is eternity. Glory be to Jesus. It's also important for us to know that for every Christian, the second exit route into eternity is the rapture of the saints. Notwithstanding how long we live, the time will come. If in our bid to live long, Christ will meet us right here, our prayer is that we'll be raptured with him. So we're never going to be here forever. Is it that we, we live, you know, to old age and then God takes us home? Or Christ comes and we're raptured. In, um, in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 9 down to 11, uh, the, 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 the scripture says, now when he had spoken these things, talking about Christ, while they watched, he was taken up. And in, in a cloud received him, a cloud received him up out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in a white apparel who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you to heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into the heaven. So at the point where Jesus was taken away from them, the angel said, the same way he was taken away is the same way it's going to be back. And that's what we call the second coming of Christ. And that, I mean, saints have waited for this second coming for many years. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when you read from verse 15, Paul, the writer of the book of 1 Thessalonians, was saying, he says, for this, uh, for, for we say to you by, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Talking about the people who are, who are dead in Christ. He said, the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, when when the, the, uh, the, the Bible says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. And somebody may be thinking, PG, how come today to wrap this up, this is what you have brought to us? That uh, we should be thinking eternity, rapture, death, you know, and all that. I want you to relax and follow me. Follow me very carefully. Follow me very carefully. The big 
uh, thing that I, I needed to examine right now with me is that how you live on earth determines where you will spend eternity. Eternity does not exist in isolation, and this world also does not exist in isolation. How you live here will determine how you, where and how you will spend eternity. Eternity can either, you know, like we say in this part of the world, I mean in different parts of the world, when you want a room or something in the hotel, they'll say, is it smoking or non-smoking? So the same thing, eternity can be smoking or non-smoking. The same way we choose, God expects us to choose right here. Whether we want to spend eternity smoking or eternity non-smoking. But I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about heaven and hell. The fact that there's, a, there's the description in the scripture about eternity that is smoking and eternity that is not smoking. And I know many of us have prepared our lives to spend eternity in the non-smoking part. And God wants to make that happen for you. As you continue to walk in faith, as you continue to walk as a disciple of Christ, but we live in a time where the Bible says that the love of many will wax cold. Many shall be lovers of themselves. Many shall be distracted. And when a crisis rocks our world, there's a tendency for distraction. It's a huge tendency for distraction. And it's a good time to remind ourselves to continue to live ready. I also need for you to understand that some things lack value in eternity, while some things have dual value, both here and there. Both here and there. Jesus said in, 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 in Matthew chapter 6, for instance, he said, don't lay up treasures for yourself here or not, where, you know, rust and moth will destroy. He said that you should lay up treasures for yourself in the place where nothing can destroy Lay up treasures for yourself where neither not, uh, moth nor rust can destroy. We came here with nothing. We are not going to live with anything, but we can send something ahead. So everything that I do here that has dual functionality or that can get dual reward, participate in dual reward system, then helps me to send something ahead. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Buying a car will make your life comfortable in this part of the divide. But it does not have any significance in eternity. When I demonstrate kindness in the way I'm living my life right now, and I'm available to be a blessing to people, to be a blessing to God's divine agenda, I have a reward here of good relationship with the person that, that I'm kind to, but everyone registers it, so it has dual value. Value here, which is goodness, good relationship, connectedness, but also everyone registers it as something that will be rewarded. So some things lack value in eternity, while some things have dual value, both here and there. As we prepare ourselves, we must understand that we must focus more on the things that have dual value, on the things that will be, that have, that, that, things that have value here, and also are valuable there. So in, in preparing for eternity, we must focus on things with dual value. We must focus on things with dual value. Many believers, you know, really are not in danger of ruining their lives. They face a much greater danger of wasting their lives, wasting their lives. Many people are wasting their lives on things that don't matter. Jesus said, uh, that uh, in the same Matthew chapter 6, he said, these things, the Gentiles look after. They, they run after these things. Uh, where in verse 3, he said, but seek you first, the kingdom of God. Give me verse, verse 32 of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. It says, after all these things, the Gentiles seek after. For your heavenly Father knows that you know these things. Let's back down a bit. Verse 30 of Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we, uh, or what shall we drink? Or, uh, or how shall, what shall we wear? Or how will we be clothed? He said, but in verse 32, he said, for these things Gentiles seek after. People who don't know God, that's their priority. There are some things that should be priority for people who have uh, no relationship with God, but for those of us 
who want to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, some things, our priorities have to be different. Let me just put it that way. Our priorities have to be different. Our priorities have to be different. And if you uh, want to live in, you know, uh, with expectation in your heart, then your priority has to be different. If you want to live ready, it means you have to live with different sets of priorities. And that's how many believers are wasting life. They're not just ruining their lives, but they're wasting it just because our priorities are not together. We focus on what the Bible says that unbelievers run after. Many people today, in the midst of all this, are still seeking Rather than seeking divine alignment with God and saying, here I am, use me. Use me for your purpose. Help me to align with your agenda. I don't want to waste my life. We're still pursuing material things, you know, still over-focus on ephemeral things. When we're supposed to focus on things that have dual value, things that are valuable here and will be valuable there. And then to do things that will make us send things ahead so that when we get there, we, 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 uh, we see honor and we see the glory of God. Say amen, somebody. So I want, to, I want to challenge each and every one of us today that it's time to live prepared and to, to, and to be expectant. To live prepared and to be expectant. Now, I understand that there are many things that are going on right now. If you hear some preachers interpret what is going on right now, some people will say, crisis about to come. Some people say, you know, this is the agenda of the Antichrist. And they even mention names of notable people and tag them the Antichrist. All kinds of things are going on right now. All kinds of conspiracy theories. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been politicized like never before. As if we're not dealing with human lives. People are dying every day and we're turning it to politics, turning it to all kinds of things. But Jesus spoke expressly about what we characterize as second coming. You know, I said there are two exit points, death or the second coming of Christ. Jesus said we should prepare and live our lives ready for both. But when it comes to what we characterize as second coming, Jesus described it in Matthew 24. I read from the New Living Translation, Matthew 24 from verse number 3. And when you read this, you understand that he, he kind of took care of all these conspiracy theories for us and helps us to understand uh, uh, how our minds should be working right now. So Matthew 20, 20, 20, 20, 24 from verse number three. The Bible says that later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us what Will all this, uh, when will all these things happen? What it meant was, you know, earlier, Jesus had said in verse 1 and 2 that, you see, the temple will be pulled down, you know, and all that, which symbolizes the fact that, look, Jesus was saying, though all the religious settings, the things that were put together, the things that make us feel like we're really doing religion, said most of these things, they'll be pulled down. Some of the strong religious structures that stand between people and God. I mean, for instance, some people think that not coming to a building is, is seriously obstructing the worship of our God. Whereas when I worship in my home, when I worship in my small group, I'm not saying that we shouldn't come back to church, we're coming back to church. But when I worship in my home, when I worship with other believers, when I worship with my family, when I engage my Bible, Christianity is first and foremost a personal adventure. The work of pastors, evangelists, you know, apostles and all that is to help us develop. But I need my willingness to want to develop. A teacher cannot force a, a, a student to learn. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And when church has become maybe more about the pastor or the crowd or the size of the building or more about just, you know, feeding the ego of the pastor, to say I have, you know, a large congregation or whatever, it's, it's sometimes no longer about God. And it's more about us. And Jesus came to lay down his life even for people who don't know God at all. So what am I saying? 
it's important for us to understand that sometimes some things will come as disruption. And that's what, what's happening right now. And they asked Jesus, uh, when will all these things start to happen? And how will, 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 will it all come to an end? Or how, what will erode your, 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 your coming or the end of the earth itself? And that's when he started to talk about these things as they asked him the question. Say, what sign will signal your return and the end of the world? And Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of war. But don't panic. Tell your neighbor, say, don't panic. If somebody's watching with you, tell them, don't panic. Uh, if you go, go to the chat room, say, I can't panic. I will not panic. Yeah, because that's what Jesus said. About COVID-19, don't panic. About post-COVID, don't panic. About whether the world, you know, or about all the conspiracy theory, don't panic. That's what Jesus said. Don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquake in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the bad pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, prosecuted, and killed. These are all some of the things that are going on around us today. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. So Jesus was very explicit about the description about what we're around is second coming or the end of the world. So he described it this way. He said it's going to be like bad pains. Now I have two biological daughters and uh, uh, by the grace of God, I participated in uh, the, the, the story of their birth. For both of them, I was at home the day they were born. I was in the hospital for the birth of both of them. Now, I remember, uh, I think it was for my, my first daughter, we were speaking to my mother-in-law, who happened to be a retired nurse, in fact, a matron, on the phone to say, what should we be looking out for? And at a point, she told me, Godman, when the contractions are like 30 minutes apart, uh, watch it, you know. But the moment the contractions go below 30 minutes apart and it's getting to like maybe 10 minutes apart, put her in the car and drive her straight to the hospital. Uh, there are situations of people, church members have counseled before, who will get to the hospital and then they will say, uh, you're feeling something, tell you. Uh, maybe, but it comes like in one hour, they will say, sit down there. And then they will sit down. After a while, the thing will not come again. I say, go back home. It's first, uh, you know, contraction. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. Yeah, wait. Let it come regularly. And Jesus described these signs that were seen. All the things that are happening. The last pandemic was in 1918. around two years ago. And between now and then, there hasn't been any pandemic that's taken a lot of lives like then. So, this, there's nothing new under the sun. All the, the other things that epidemics that have happened, whether it's the Ebola one, whether it's SARS, they have all come. There have been many other things that have happened then, earthquake, different things. Jesus described this. He said it's like back pains. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you read the same thing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief, verse 5 says, you are all sons of the light and, and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Verse 6 says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on a breastplate of faith and love, and uh, as ailment, the hope of salvation, 
For God did not, did not appoint us to wrath. Yeah, God did not appoint us to wrath. Christians are not supposed to be feeling like uh, they, have, they have come to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake, we, we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. But you know, when you go to the earlier verses of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 2 there, it said, For yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. See there again. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman. So what am I trying to say? Everything that we have experienced, it looks to me that it's like maybe the first contraction or the second contraction. We don't know. And we don't know how many contractions. It may be 50. It may be 100. It may be 500. But when we focus on the one who is making it happen, we are not concerned about the number of contractions. But we know at a point there will be the end of everything. And that's when it's like the bath comes and all the pain will be over. And then for those people who will be alive, we're all, we're all shifting uh, to, to the other part of eternity. And for people who may have gone before then, they will also, according to uh, uh, what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 there, they will also take up. On the other side, of eternity. For everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ is a unipolar world. It's a place of bliss. It's a place of peace where there's no sorrow. And you must look forward to that and not be entangled with all the things going on around here that can, uh, you know, discourage and break our heart. That's why when you, as you read through Matthew 24, you see all the different things that Jesus talked about. By the time you get to verse 1 of Matthew 25, Jesus then put a parable there, which we call the parable of the ten virgins, or the, the foolish virgins and the, the wise ones. And it was also about expectancy. The five virgins, they, 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 they were living, you know, uh, without any kind of expectation that, 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 that the groom would soon come. Whereas the other virgins, they lived with the expectation. They brought more oil. They wanted to burn, the, you know, this midnight oil for as long as it would take. So, in staying prepared and expectant, we must focus on what matters. Focus on what matters. Focus on the things that have dual value, that have value here and will have value in eternity. Focus on what matters. Focus on what matters. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and say, uh, uh, Focus on what matters. Yeah, focus on what matters. Tell somebody around you it's time to focus on the things that matter. Focus on the things that matter. Focus on the things that matter. Look beyond uh, the ephemeral things of this world. Look beyond uh, uh, whether somebody likes you or somebody doesn't like you. Look beyond uh, whether, you know, uh, you have a job or you don't have a job. There are some things that you do. I mean, nobody will be celebrated for getting a multinational job in heaven. It is what you do while you're on that job. It has value on this head. But what about things that have value beyond here? Are you still going as you trust God for that job? Are you trusting God for it to see opportunities where you can be available to be used of God to bless lives, to transform lives, to do things that will gladden the heavens? Or are you just thinking about just more salary so that you can travel more, you can have, you know, another, buy another car or change your apartment and change your wardrobe? Because clothes are only important on this part of the, of, of the divide. When we get to the other side, nobody celebrates you for wearing Gucci or Prada or just looking good. Because that's the preoccupation of some people. I'm sorry if it looks like I'm being hard on you today, but you need to get this straight. Eternity is real. Bible is replete with stories. Is it the rich man and Lazarus? Or, or, or many other stories in the Bible that show us that eternity is real. And from time to time, we need to remind ourselves that eternity is real. So focus on what matters. Don't live a disconnected life. That's very important. Don't live a disconnected life. 
in Joshua chapter 7, when you read from verse 16 down to 22, Joshua chapter 7 from verse 16 down to 22, we will read the story of Achan. Time will not permit me to go into it deeply. For Achan, you know what happened in Joshua chapter 7? Israel was about to attack Ahai, a small settlement of people, small nation, Ahai. In fact, by the name of the nation, just two, two letters, A-I. <laughs> Very small. So they underestimated them and said, oh, let's just send some people there. Well, maybe about 3,000 people will go and just fight them, we'll wipe them out. I mean, we've wiped out so many other big countries. So these ones, they're small. But they went and here I dealt with them. They fled. I think about 36 people or so died. And, you know, Joshua was, was alarmed. What could have happened? Something must have gone wrong. This is not the usual. We don't lose battles like this. And then God started to speak to Joshua and said, look, there's sin in the camp. Somebody here is disconnected. Somebody here is distracted. Somebody here is no longer living based on the objective of this expedition. We need to do something. And then Joshua started to check and then, you know, peeling off layers upon layer, pick the tribe, the family, and then eventually they got to Achan. They got to Achan eventually. And um, you, you know the story. If you don't, I wanted to read Joshua chapter 7. By the time they got to, to, to Achan, uh, can you give me uh, verse 16 there? So the Bible says, Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel to, by their tribes, uh, the tribe of Judah. Then he brought the clan of Judah. And then, uh, and all that, and all that, verse 18. Then he brought the household by, uh, man by man. And then Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the, the, of the tribe of Judah was taken. And then Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to God of Israel and make confession to me and tell me now what you have done. Because they had no idea what Achan had done. Achan was living a completely disconnected life. What he did was very silly, if you know the story, very silly. They went to fight in Babylon. Achan then took the Babylonian garment, took you know, silver, uh, gold, and all those things. And he went and dug the floor in his, in his tent and kept all those things there. Now, uh, when they were going to fight that battle, God said, don't take anything. You know the way some people live? They're so disconnected from reality. What will you do with Babylonian garment, Mr. Achan? Are you going to wear it in Israel? Something that is marked not to be worn. Don't take anything out of it. And you still stole it and you brought it and kept it. I mean, the money and all those things, that's another thing. But that Babylonian garment signaled that Achan was beside himself. He was completely disconnected from reality. And that looks like how some people live, especially here in Africa, or how some of our politicians behave and how corruption gets you know, into people's hearts. And it's not only politicians, it's virtually all of us. Because people do things that you will hear and you will like. Is this person okay? Why will you take the money that they're supposed to use to fix the road for all of us to pass and then only you have it? Just, I mean, uh, up to recently, we're still taking back what here in the part of the world we call Abacha loot. Abacha was our president many years ago, head of state, who stole and sat money away, money that, you know, behave like Akan. Dog the, dog the Swiss bank and put money there. Uh, another place in Europe put money there. Now they're tracing money from here and there. One country in Europe just sent back uh, or promised to send us another $5.5 million or million euro that was kept there. Behaving like Akan. Are you behaving like Akan? I'm talking about the big things, but in small things, are you also behaving like Akan? Because if somebody's listening to me right now, you have been, you, you know, you're married, but you're not really married. You're behaving like Akan. You're disconnected from your marriage. You're cheating. You are behaving like Achan. There's sin in your camp. You're not living with eternity in view. Achan did not behave as if the God of judgment will show up one day. How do you keep a Babylonian garment? I mean, look at that. So, see what he said. He said, when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there... They are eating in the house, in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. 
as in that silver one was one he loved the most, he kept it under, under. And that translation said, uh, the silver, I dug deeper and kept it. And, you know, Ekan was just talking. He said, I, I, I just coveted it. Is there something you are coveting right now that can destroy your life? Is there something you are coveting right now that can jeopardize your chances for eternity? You need to wake up. That's why I'm preaching this message today. It's time to wake up and stop coveting things that will jeopardize your life, uh, jeopardize your chances for eternity with God and not eternity with Satan in hell. Let's, let's call it spade a spade. Yeah. Don't jeopardize your chances with, of eternity with God. Don't live like Achan. Was disconnected from reality. He coveted things and those things took his heart away from the reality of his time. And please keep eternity in view. Keep eternity in view. I said, focus on what, what matters. Don't live a disconnected life. Keep eternity in view. Keep eternity in view. We must live ready. We must live ready. When the bridegroom comes, will you be ready or will you be locked out of eternity? Big question. Will you be ready or will you be locked out of eternity? Winning souls is a major part of our preparation for eternity. It has a promise of today and of eternity. It's one of the things that, 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 you know, that have dual value. Dual value. You win a soul here, you're celebrated for it there. There's a crown for soul winners. And right here, you are turning a life around. And a life is, you know, is shaped. Uh, somebody who, who, who is a cheat or robber, uh, this, that life is turned around. A drunkard, somebody who is addicted, that life is turned around when you win a soul here. So soul winning is a major part of our preparation for eternity. You shouldn't be in an environment, you know, maybe like an office or in your neighborhood, and for three months, no one sees Christ in you. It means that you have lost focus of eternity if that's how you're living. It means that you're completely lost focus of eternity. If you're in an environment for three months, if you have been in an environment for this or the whole period, of the last five months, 20 something weeks, and nobody feels like you're a Christian. Nobody sees Christ in you. Definitely, you may have lost touch with eternity. As I wrap this all up today, I'm reminded of a story of a man called Hathor Stays. The man that was called Mr. Eternity. Mr. Eternity. Arthur Stays, Mr. Eternity of Sydney, Australia. A simple man, not well-educated, but something happened in his life that is, you know, that is worthy of commendation. This man heard the words of his pastor and it rang a bell in his heart. He started to get closer to God. He started to get closer to God. Arthur his pastor, Reverend R.B.S. Amon. And he also loved to listen to John Ridley, those two people. He said, <laughs> the echoes of eternity from Isaiah 50, 57 verse 15, from the message of John G. Ridley was always in his heart. And he asked himself, I don't have anything. I don't, you know, I'm not important. What can I do? How can I make a difference? And in his heart, he thought about it. At least I can write it. History has it that Arthur couldn't even write his own name properly. But anytime he wanted to write eternity, it comes in, you know, in this copper plate, you know, uh, 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 template. It, it, it just comes out very nicely. And he got these yellow chalks and he would go on the sidewalk in Sydney and write eternity on the floor. Write eternity all over the place. And before you know it, People just will wake up in the morning going to work and see eternity. See eternity. I mean, if Arthur was living today, I'm sure he would do it on social media. I'm sure he would post it on Facebook. I'm sure he would tweet about eternity. I'm sure he would use his screensaver, his status, you know, picture as eternity rather than even writing it all over the place. But years have passed. This happened in 1930 into 1960, for 35 years, Arthur was reminding everyone around him 
by writing eternity all over the place around Sydney, Australia. The books have it that within that 35-year period, Arthur must have written eternity over 500,000 times. Filled the whole place with it to the point that after a while, that city recognized him as Mr. Eternity. A book was written about his life. And in 1999, the New Year's Eve of 1999, in Arthur's handwriting and the way he used to write it, Eternity was hanging on the Sydney Arbor Bridge for everybody to see as the whole nation crossed into the new year. And today, when you get into Sydney, Australia, and you mention Mr. Eternity, his name is written in gold. Arthur stays. Touching many lives just by writing eternity. What are you doing with the time that you have left? What are you doing with the time that you have left? Who are you, whose life are you touching? Some things have value only here. Some things have value both here and eternity. Don't overfocus your life on the things that don't have value beyond here. I want to encourage each and every one of us. You can go online, Google Mr. Eternity. You'll see stories of Arthur Stace and read it. And let his life challenge you. Because that's what he's supposed to do. The big, big, big question that's around us. How mindful are you of eternity? How desperate are you for others not to miss out on eternity? Not just about yourself, but for others not to miss out on eternity. How desperate are you for others not to miss out of eternity? Let me tell today's challenge. Do something crazy to make God famous. Let somebody be able to ask you, are you on something? Are you high on something? Are you on crack or something? Because of what you said that challenged them. Because of how you behave that shows that God is in you and you want to show forth Christ. Do something crazy to make God famous. Like Arthur Stace did. Something crazy. In, in the initial days of him writing all around Sydney, he escaped, you know, arrest maybe about 30 times where they were almost arresting. In fact, there are times where they said the city council will meet him and say, ah, why are you defacing the floor? Uh, that's illegal. And the man will say, ah, but I have the permission of the higher authority. And sometimes they, they didn't even understand what he was talking about. They would just allow him to go. Do something that will make someone or make people know that you you, you know, you have an expectation. You, 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 are, not, you are not here uh, uh, for forever because we are here for a while. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say you are here for a while. Go on and put it there in, in the comments and tweet it. I'm here for a while. Here for a while. When you wake up tomorrow morning, remind yourself I'm here for a while. If you live over a hundred, it's still a while because eternity is thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of years. We're only here for a while. So filling the blank and preparing for eternity, I will do so and so every day. I'm preparing for eternity, I will do this every day. What are you going to do every day to show that you're preparing for eternity? I'm preparing for eternity, I will speak to someone about Christ every day. I'm preparing for eternity, I'll read my Bible every day. I'm preparing for eternity, I will give thanks and, and show gratitude to God every day about the life that I have here. I'm preparing for eternity, I will remind myself about the sacrifice of Christ every day. I'm preparing for eternity. I will show kindness every day because I know kindness has value here and value in eternity. So, live ready because the bridegroom will call soon. The bridegroom will call soon. It's time for us to live ready. Live ready. The bridegroom will call very soon. Lift your two hands with me, whatever you may be if you're not driving. And just ask him, Lord, help me to prepare. Lord, I receive grace to be expectant. I receive grace not to lose sight. In the midst of all the distractions, in the midst of theories and politics and different things and religion, I want to focus on Christ. Looking out to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. That's the person I want to look up to. I don't want to be distracted by what one person said, what that person said. I want to focus on the work, words of Jesus Christ. I want to focus. I may not be able to go into in-person gathering. My kids may be home. Uh, you know, I, 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 I may. I just want to focus on Jesus. I just want to focus on Jesus. I just want to focus on Jesus. Will you receive grace today?
to focus on Jesus. Receive grace to focus on Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the blessing of grace. We thank you for your mercy. Uh, for everyone who may be distracted at this time. For everyone who may have lost sight of eternity. We ask, Lord, that you help us to stay connected. Reconnect anyone that may be disconnected. If there's anyone in the similitude of Achan, join to this service today. We ask for your mercy that none will be destroyed like Achan, that we shall be restored in the name of Jesus, that we shall be restored back to our first love in you, that we will live our life in a way that will be valuable here and valuable in eternity in the name of the Lord Jesus. Will you just ask him for grace? One more minute, just ask him for grace today. Ask him for grace today. Ask him for grace today. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Ask him for grace today in the name of Jesus. Uh, if you don't mind, lift your two hands with me as I say a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone joined to this service today. I break the hold of distraction and disconnection. Everyone living a disconnected life. Everyone who has lost hope of your second coming. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we break the, the hold of distraction over their minds. And we decree today that your spirit fills each and every one of us afresh. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone in pain, listen to me right now. I break the hold of pain over their heart, pain in the body, pain emotionally. We receive your healing power over everyone in the name of Jesus. And we decree that we, 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 we enjoy long life with eternity in view. We enjoy sound health with eternity in view. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus. Can I hear a better amen? Before we partake of the communion together, which we do now every Sunday, I, I, I want to pray for anyone who may be saying, Pastor, I'm disconnected. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Or somebody who just says, I've never said a prayer before and I feel disconnected as well. Sin is disconnecting me. Condemnation is disconnecting me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Will you put your hands on your heart, wherever you may be? And I wanted to say this prayer after me, after which you go into the comment section and just let us know, I just gave my life to Christ. And if you are watching on TV, you do the same after this prayer. Uh, uh, call the line, send us an email, let us know that you just gave your life to Christ because we want to be a part of your spiritual development. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I need a savior. So I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Start something new in my life and give me a new beginning. Fill my heart with your spirit and empower me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you just said a prayer with me, it's a prayer of salvation. Christ is now living in your heart. And as you open up your heart to him, it will help you to renew your mind so that you can start to think the way God wants you to think and see your life the way God wants you to see it. And like I said earlier, as a responsible church, we always would love to be a part of your spiritual development. If you don't mind, uh, please let us know that you just gave your life to Christ and we will we'll be willing to send you some materials that will strengthen you. We also have our Zoom platform that will be available after uh, uh, this service. I want you to go into that Zoom platform. Uh, just about five to ten minutes of your time. We would love to spend that time with you, encourage you, send you some uh, electronic materials that will also help you uh, to live a better Christian life and also introduce you to our small groups and different other things that will be of help to you. Uh, as you do that, God will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time to partake of the communion. Uh, whatever you have with you there uh, 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 to represent the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus, I want you to pick it up right now. Uh, you know, grape juice, wine, uh, you know, whatever you have there, biscuit, bread, wafer, I want you to pick it up right now as I say a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. That same night, you sat with your uh, disciples. Same night, you, you declare. You said, this is my body that was broken for you. And your bl my blood that was shed for you. You said, we should do this in remembrance of you. This is symbolic of your, uh, your great sacrifice. Your body was broken so that our own body will no longer be broken. Your blood was shed so that our sins can be wiped away and our lives can be redeemed and we can be called sons and daughters of God. We thank you for your sacrifice. And as we do this today, we remember your sacrifice 
and we decree the same way your sacrifice broke the back of every demonic agenda. We decree over everyone's life today, every demonic agenda to set anyone back, to take anyone out of your hand as we partake of this table today. We decree that such agendas are destroyed in the name of Jesus. We, we decree today that minds are restored, bodies are restored in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healings. We thank you for open heavens. We thank you for a release of your favor over everyone's life. Thank you because backsliders are restored. And thank you because grace is released over everyone. This new week, as we go into a new month, we decree joy unspeakable, full of glory. Anything that contends with our joy as we partake of this table today, we command in the name of Jesus and the power and the blood of Jesus that such is destroyed in the name of Jesus. So we command joy unspeakable, full of glory, peace, that passes all understanding is our portion as we step into this new week. We decree all our journeys are safe and we decree that our needs are met by your mighty right hand. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and partake. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, for anyone who may be joining us for the first time today, I want to welcome you very, very specially. Uh, we don't like to bring ourselves to an end without recognizing uh, that some people may be joining us for the first time. And I want to appreciate uh, you joining us online for the first time. Uh, if you don't mind, can you go to the chat room if you're on any of our social media platform and let us know it's my first time. Just write, it's my first time. Uh, we have some gifts that we, we give our first time guests. And we also want to show you some love. So please, just let us know it's your first time. I would also love uh, to invite you to join our Zoom platform, uh, which also caters to our first time guest. We have also some gift, electronic gift that we want to give you. We want to have a chat with you. Five minutes, just five minutes of your time. If you don't mind, please join us on that platform. And uh, God will bless you as you do so in Jesus' precious name. Again, I want to appreciate all the people who are joining us for the first time. We look forward to you joining us again and again on all of our platforms. If you are watching on TV, please do the same. Let us know that it's your first time. Uh, send us a WhatsApp, send us a chat, and let, let us know it's your first time. We would love to really, really connect with you. Thank you for being a part of this uh, service. Also, uh, we love to give to God every time we gather together. And uh, I want to remind us again that our giving, uh, because of our giving, we are able to do a lot more even during this uh, season. Uh, we're able to get many more stations to bring the gospel uh, to the adults. Many, I mean, uh, also bring the gospel to, to children. We are able uh, to... to you know, to, to reach many more people at this time. And we're getting testimonies upon testimonies of great things that are happening in people's lives. Our giving is our covenant obligation. It's not a donation. We give because we love God, not under duress, but because we love God. And His blessings uh, are always upon us uh, because the, the scripture says that if the heart remains, seek time and harvest shall not cease. I want you uh, to, you know, step into that, this covenant obligation again today. Uh, if you're giving your tithe, uh, uh, please uh, uh, do so with, with grace. Do so with the favor of God upon your mind. Do so not under any compulsion, but do so with love, that you love God and you love his kingdom. That's why you're giving. It's your covenant obligation, and as you do so today, God will pour out his grace upon you in the name of Jesus. Can I say a prayer over all of our seed, tithe, offering, seed, whatever you're giving today? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that your hand rest upon every giver. As money will leave people's account from all around the place, around the world, wherever people are joining us from right now. I ask, Lord, locate each one in the place of need. In the name of Jesus, accept our worship. Let it touch your heart and let it procure favor for each and every one of us. We thank you for a new month filled with special favors, filled with, with grace. All that steps in the name of Jesus. Open doors open heavens in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So all the details are on the screen for how we give locally and internationally uh, on our website, elevationengine.org forward slash giving. You can uh, give internationally, use any of the international cards to give there and the different local banks that you can give with if you're here, right here in Nigeria. All that is being displayed on the screen. Uh, please engage and God will bless you as you do so in Jesus' precious name. Just a few announcements and I'll bring the service uh, to a close. Uh, like you know, next Sunday, we will be attempting uh, 
in over 20 weeks for the first time in-person gathering at the Elevation Church. That's Sunday the 6th of September. All expressions except our Life Point Church, which is our young adult church, uh, Youth Expression, uh, uh, is the only one that may not be opening or that will not be opening next Sunday because of some renovation work that is still ongoing there. Right? So, uh, we will also, as we open up into in-person gathering next Sunday, we will also be, be starting a new series, that, like I announced earlier on, which is called Spice. Spice. Loving and living in great relationships. That's our goal uh, for this new series. Uh, it's, uh, it rides on our Better Half series that we do every September. Uh, and uh, I, I hope that you're going to engage fully, whether in person or from home. And God will bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. There's so many great things that we have uh, put together for this September. And I know that it will be a September to remember forever in Jesus' name. Uh, also, according to uh, the government requirement, uh, we have to account for everyone that will come in to worship in person. So because of that, we will uh, request that you register online so we can have your details. And then we can also manage the space that we have because we can't fill the, the entire place like we used to. Uh, and we want to make sure uh, that the place is well spaced out so we're only taking a fraction of the people that we used to. So please get on elevationng.org forward slash book your seat. Yeah, that's the, 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 the site, forward slash book your seat and then you will be able to book a seat from Friday, the 4th of September. The portal will be open. Uh, also, please be mindful of the fact that according to government regulation, you're supposed to wear a face mask, sanitize your hands, uh, sanitize or wash your hands. Uh, we're also going to uh, do uh, a temperature check on site as you get here. Uh, no children under 15 will be allowed into our premises. Senior citizens over 65 will also not be allowed into our premises based on government recommendation and rules. And um, for more information on this, please get on our website, elevationng.org forward slash reopening, and you'll get more robust information about our reopening uh, activities. Um, I want to uh, just make this note of caution that this reopening for us is an experiment. We want to see how it will go, uh, especially based on the, 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 the aspect of how many people we'll be able to cater to. Uh, we deploy a lot in terms of human and material resource to be able to run services across our locations. If at any point we realize that the effort that is going into it is not commensurate with the number of people that we're able to cater to, we may attempt to shut down again. So this is an experiment, and um, we'll put our best into it, we promise you that we'll try to make it as comfortable as possible for you, but I need, I need you to understand that it's not going to be church as usual. You won't be able to hug people or stay too close to people, chatting and all that. And I know that if some of us feel like that's not what you expect, you may stop coming. And if that happens, we will also uh, respond to that appropriately so that we can be good stewards of the resources that God has given us, whether people or uh, material resources. All, lastly, uh, uh, all through the month of September, we're going to be having very special midweek events uh, online. For now, no in-person gathering midweek, but online, very special uh, events, uh, starting with a live switch event this coming uh, uh, Wednesday, where we will be praying for marriages and relationships. And I want you to join me live this Wednesday for the first switch event, uh, a midweek event in the month of September. Uh, and I'll be teaching uh, with the rest of the time that we have together on what I've tagged, five reasons that relationships fail. Five reasons why relationships fail uh, all through the rest of the time. But for the first one, this Wednesday, we're going to be uh, praying together. It's going to be live. and It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, 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 it's going to be transformational. And I want it to be a part of it. I look forward to seeing you there. And please enjoy the rest of the week. And for those of you who are coming in next Sunday for in-person gathering, uh, we look forward to seeing you in church. Uh, have a great week and God bless you.
As we reopen our church premises on Sunday the 6th of September, please note the following requirements as prescribed by the state government. All congregants must wear a face mask. You will be required to wash or sanitize your hands on the premises. Upon arrival, your temperature will be checked. No children under the age of 15 years will be allowed into the premises. Senior citizens above the age of 65 years are encouraged to watch service online. Details of all our congregants must be recorded each week and to this end, please register for in-person services on elevationng.org forward slash book your seat. Also note that the portal will be open each Friday to book your seat. We are so excited to welcome you, but remember, no hugs, handshakes or high fives. Practice your hand waves and elbow bumps instead. For more information, please visit elevationng.org forward slash reopening. We trust you had a wonderful time in God's presence. Our next event will hold on Wednesday by 6.30pm West African time and it will stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Mixler. Ensure you follow us or subscribe to our social media channels at Elevation NG so that you can get service alerts when we start. Please join us for our morning prayer meetings Mondays to Saturdays 6am to 7am West African time on Zoom and Mixler. Links are now displayed and will be shared on our various social media platforms so that you can join. Again, please note that we will reopen for fiscal services from next Sunday, 6th of September, across our island, Maryland, Ikorodu, and Greater Lekki expressions. Remember, you will need to register to book a seat in the auditorium. Please do so via elevationengineers.org forward slash book your seat. Please note that safety protocols apply. Do visit our website, elevationng.org to learn more. If your preference is to watch you virtually, our online services will continue to hold with a robust experience designed just for you. If you haven't already, please sign up to be a part of the online community where you can engage with people digitally for counsel, prayer, and even friendship. Simply visit onlinechurch.elevationng.org to join in. And you can also join our very own small group by sending an email to smallgroups at elevationng.org. If you have a testimony, please share it by sending an email to testimonies at elevationng.org. And if you want to reach us at any time during this week, but just an email or a phone call away, simply mail us via info at elevationng.org or call us on 0700-ELEVATE. That is 0700-353-8283. I'll say that again, 0700-353-8283. Don't forget to speak to someone about Jesus this week. Thanks and God bless.